For this day, you've made it for us to rejoice and be glad in. And we thank you, Father, for the people who are yet to be here. We thank you, Lord, that you are drawing them even now. And we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. So today I thought I'd talk to you a little about faith. Um, I'm going to talk to you about the seven prices of faith. Amen. The seven prices of faith. Uh, Many times we want to develop our faith and we want to believe we're in faith on things. But I'm thinking we probably don't understand how much it takes and and, uh, what it takes into it's always good if you understand what you're doing because then your efforts aren't scattered you know you're not hit and miss trying this trying that try this for a little bit if it doesn't work fast enough then we're discouraged Uh, God doesn't want us to live that way he wants us to live by faith and faith really is a certain thing it's a sure thing it's not a maybe it's not a miss because if you think about it faith upholds this world the bible says god upholds the world with the word of his power and so it is god's faith in his word that keeps this world together and so if you think about that the pursuit of faith is very very uh, worthwhile and faith is very powerful once it's understood and exercised properly. I think it's a good thing to uh, develop a discipline about ourselves and where we don't express our confidence in certain things. Where we only express confidence in God's word. That way you discipline yourself to uh, be able to justifiably expect only good to come because you've only sown into what's righteous and good. And so it does take some, some development, but it's not impossible. It's really not that hard. It just takes a uh, concentrated effort. And I think many times we think <clears throat> too casually about God and in his kingdom and what he's doing uh, we don't really take it to heart the way we should uh, so much of our our um, spiritual life is based on a lot of tradition a lot of hearsay and not enough foundation in God's word where we just kind of um, assume certain things and, and assume that you know when you come to church and you leave and go home and do the same thing you did before you met the Lord and that's really not what the life of faith is about it's really about a life being devoted to God and expecting good at the hand of the Lord and, and keeping yourself uh, consecrated to him in such a way that you don't express faith in in things other than what God has said in his word. So when we talk about faith, we have to have a pattern to go by. And I was thinking about Abraham being our father because his faith was able to do so much and lay a great foundation for us so that we have uh, somebody that we can look up to that was able to please God with their faith and if nobody else did he did and we can look at his life and see a continual development of increased faith and that's what God's looking from us a continual development of increased faith it's not as though you can believe God only in the prayer closet and you don't believe him in everyday life and I think that's the disconnect that has happened in the body of Christ where we don't think about our faith on an everyday basis. 
and for everything that we we get involved in fact some people get a little persecuted you know sometimes people will say well i was just seeking god for you know what to do about this that and the other and people say well you know you don't have to bother god with that i mean why would you you know we get offended sometimes when people express their dependence upon god and it's really not that you can't do it yourself but you want to honor god you know and you want it to turn out right and you you know that's how you develop relationship uh, with anybody you know you when you're a married person you devote more and more decisions to group decision and not so much to individual ones you know listen now of course if that person's just right in god you 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 know yield to that but i'm talking about uh, ways that you can get along and establish good relationships uh, people your your spouse has to be considered in everything you know it can't just be the one little corner and you know, this is my corner and you can't get in here uh, if you can develop a decent relationship now if y'all just want to fight all the time <laughs> something different but if you're going to have a good trust relationship and really that comes from trusting god because I remember a time I didn't think my certain things were my husband's business to, to say and to do. But the more I learned and understood God, the more I was able to trust that God could speak through him, talk to him, help him make decisions that were for the good of both of us. It's called submission where you learn to relax your control over things. You relax your fear that that person is somehow going to shortchange you if you don't you know beat them over the head with what you want all the time you got me and so it's true and so we you know people are real selfish you get involved you you get married and you think you love that person boy well late wait till they get on your territory <laughs> it's my little box over here you can't get in my little box mine 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 i'm gonna enjoy this by myself uh you know we have fears fear of you know losing something and being shortchanged and you don't know you're trading up when you let go of your control of things and give it over to the lord you're making a better trade and so it's always good to understand that about god yielding to him and and have that's part of faith too faith is trust is faith faith is the confidence amen and so when we put our faith in god he can move people to bless us even your spouse amen and so we we really have to trust god with everything so we have to remember that faith is uh is is about what you believe and acting upon it you cannot just believe without some action in dealing with his disciples jesus said show me your faith remember when john the baptist was preaching he would tell the the pharisees and everybody else who came wanting to be baptized you know everybody wants to be in the new move everybody wants to come around when they see god drawing people and see where the crowd is and and see god blessing people and he told them he said uh bring forth fruits meat for repentance in other words show me something you're doing to prove that you've turned away from your wicked ways now in in new testament theology a lot of times the way we preach we'll we'll tell people come as you are 
but that's not really accurate you need to come repentant don't come as you are thinking you're going to remain the same and sometimes you know we give people too much ability to stay unconverted when we make statements like that and so uh, as I was telling somebody I said you know I like to see some tears when people come to the Lord I'm just old fashioned that way but I bawled my eyes out when I realized my sins were forgiven and uh, you know it was really heartfelt I was a broken person uh, in the presence of God and I don't think that's you know that's too far out of line and so we have to realize that there are fruit that show that a person is repentant and these are acts of faith this is the work of faith faith without works is dead some of the works of faith will happen automatically on their own you don't have to orchestrate them you don't have to control them they just will will spontaneously spring from what people believe amen for instance if you believe that god wants you to live holy you don't go out to bars anymore you understand what i'm saying and you don't you know there's sometimes when you know i'll I'll notice sometimes i'll go to a restaurant i'll order carry out and they'll say oh well the bartender they they you know you pick up your order at the bar and i'll notice people who are sitting there now here's this big restaurant they could be sitting dining having food but they want to drink 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 got me and i just look at that and i'm very thankful to god that's not me anymore that used to be me and i can be thankful i said lord i thank you i'm just here for a carry out i'm not here to order drinks and i'm not here to find somebody and i'm not here to be you know whatever i'm just here for my carry out and go and it's it's a blessing i'm telling you it's a major blessing because you can get in a lot of trouble stopping at your favorite watering hole every evening on the way home from from work you know you can't go straight home unless you stop by there and so it's a blessing to to know god in that way you know and so so it's worth it the life of faith is very much worth it and you know you show your faith sometimes by what you resist you know some things you just have to say no to and just keep it moving you know i just we i just don't do that anymore we don't do that i just you know i'm i know it's time for me to live more consecrated to the lord and that's what i'm doing and so your faith works that way too you do it by faith you're not trying to uh wrestle yourself down in some kind of self-control contest you in your heart know that's wrong and you turn away from it and you keep going on with god amen you go on with the lord i know some christians keep still are are too weak in their faith to not serve drinks at their home alcoholic beverages and you know (laughs) really i'm gonna invite the devil in here you know people can be real nice sober and you know the story they act real stupid when they get they can even smell alcohol and get stupid you know and so you don't want that breaking out in your home you know in fact the bible speaks about the one who gets his neighbor drunk you know and that kind of stuff woe to that person and so you know you can you can perpetuate uh the devil's kingdom or you can introduce people to the lord's kingdom and so it's very very good 
to do that and and stand in the persecution you know i mean i'm old enough now and my family people don't give me a hard time they think i'm weird anyway they always have so that story hasn't changed and it doesn't matter to me i'm pleasing god you know what i'm saying and so first price number one is to is listening and hearing the word this is how faith comes so your first price you must pay is listening and hearing Romans ten seventeen. I'll read it if you want to read along you can but just write the scripture down so you'll have it oh, Romans 10 it says consequently faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ so the King James says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So really the, the writer here is speaking specifically about faith for conversion or faith for the gospel. But you're being converted all the time you hear the word. You're, you're turning more away from your old way of thinking and doing and turning more toward God's way. And so we all know. At any time you want your faith to increase, you must submit yourself to hearing the word of God. Proverbs 4.20 gives you instruction for how to hear. And I think that's important too. So your first price is listening and hearing. Four twenty says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. In other words, there are going to be a lot of things you could pay attention to, but God says pay attention to me and my word. I know there are times when I just sit and watch television and God's talking to me the whole time. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is telling me what's important to look at on there and what what to get from it you got me you always have your spirit tuned in whatever you do you don't have to be doing anything spiritual everything's spiritual when you think about it them spirits that get loosed in your living room and through that television them's a lot of devils that's why it's good to turn it off if there's nothing interesting on don't let it just play all the time you got voices projecting you have spirits being called in there saying different things. That's not your entertainment, folks. It's, you know, you, you're consecrated vessel. So you and see now people get nervous. I can't, I can't have my TV on when you see me. I can't watch the TV. I said, just don't keep it on all the time. It's not your constant companion. God wants to have fellowship with his people. So there's always this competition for God's time is what we think. But God has already set aside a time he wants you to be with him. So you need to find out what that is and keep that appointment. Amen. He wants to talk to us all the time. He wants to tell us things. He wants to share things. Listen, we don't have time to be playing around in the devil's nonsense. This stuff is going to pass away. So the more you can tune into God, the better off you're going to be. <laughs> the more you're going to, more you're going to be encouraged in the things that are really important. Amen. Really important. So he says, "Give your full attention. Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. 
Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. So we see here, seeing is part of hearing. Seeing is part of hearing. Pay attention. He says, attend to my word. So that means to attend with your eyes and with your ears. Amen. Keep that word in front of your eyes. Don't don't let it don't let it out of your sight. It says here. Keep them within your heart. And there's a promise here, just for paying attention to the word. Life to those that find them. Health to one's whole body. Now that finding the word is something different. Amen. You got to pay attention to get the word in you. But it says here, you don't get life and health till you find it. And finding the word really entails making it such a part of you that it never departs from you. It's got to be within you. That word has to stick in there. And it has to, in order for it to stick, it's got to move something out usually. Because there's always something we believe that is contrary to God's word. And it varies. You know, if you, you get feeling physically unwell... It's easy to believe for a diagnosis instead of stand there and say, nope, I'm healed. Nope, 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 I'm healed, I'm healed. Well, in order for your healing to manifest, then you've got to really put some muscle behind your faith. You just can't stand there and argue with symptoms all day long. You've got to have some power working in you to move them out and move your health and healing in. And that's where finding the word comes in. You meditate on that word until you find it within you all the time. Amen. And price number two is meditation. You must meditate on the word. You just can't listen to it and get it off your checklist. There are a lot of people who could memorize things and repeat them. But that's not doing it doesn't do them any good as far as helping them to uh, get smarter it won't get you a job it won't get you you know what I'm saying (laughs) you know I've never heard anybody uh, tell me to, to come in and recite Hamlet as part of a job interview amen and so, you know, oh, unless you're, you're a thespian, <laughs> which is different from, well, whatever. But, um, <laughs> but anywho, <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm saying. You, you, there's things that are lodged in your brain and in your remembrance that are just there because you had an experience with that thing. And so uh, you can't, like, draw life from that but you can draw life from the word of God when that's in there and God speaks more about having the word in your heart more than in your head for good reason and what's in your head doesn't really have a strong foundation sometimes amen but what's in your heart as the foundation of life that's it's it's drawing life into you so meditation in Romans 12:2 it tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind meditation actually causes our minds to be renewed in such a way that we are new creatures we sound new we think new we talk new what's really happening when when the word says it's renewing your mind 
It means that it it is uh, renewing it to divine life. The word of God puts divine life in your soul. Romans 12.2 it says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able, when your mind's renewed, you'll be able to test out and prove the will of God. You'll be able to do what God tells you to do without fail. You'll be able to go through life making the right decisions once your mind is renewed. There's a new spirit in your mind. There's a new life in your mind. You're not depressed and and worried and fearful, but there is something, an energy in your mind that drives out everything that's not like it it'll just clean house for you so when we were when we were first created when adam was first created there was a a mental spirit that he had that we get renewed to in the new birth for instance the bible says that he named all the animals he had a huge capacity for knowledge and for faith to stick a name on an animal and it sticks even now you got me a giraffe was a giraffe then he's a giraffe now a lion was a lion then he's a lion now so there was a divine life on adam that caused that whole species to respond to that name and to have those characteristics it's it's like a dna transfer the life of god in his words and so we have that ability now with the mind of christ and see the devil likes to keep us worried about things all the time and keep us from tapping excuse me tapping into who we really are because if you believe there's that kind of divine life working in your soul trust me you'll spend more time trying to cultivate it you'll spend more time trying to embellish it and trying to strengthen it than trying to work on getting things that are going to perish you know with the using and so once we understand what we have that we are renewing our souls to divine life our souls are being energized into the life of god cells in our brain are coming alive in such a way that there's eternal life in them you don't have to fear dementia alzheimer's any of that stuff you know people didn't used to be afraid of all this stuff it was rare but now mass communication is there and those are words that you hear and i hear and so that makes the fight of faith a little bit harder because you're gonna have to turn off some of that stuff stay off of these online uh, doctor uh, e-doctor or medical some kind of medic online where you can you sit up one day you don't feel so good and i got this and i got that you go online and find out what you got see what i'm saying and so you you harm yourself instead of pursuing use that time to go get you some word in you and trust me you'll be able to bypass all of that so-called knowledge well you have to know what you're dealing with you do you're dealing with the devil same devil it was there the last the last time you wasn't feeling it's the same devil that knocked on your door and it's knocking on there now 
You don't have to find out anything about anything. You just leave that stuff alone. You've got enough to deal with what the real doctors are telling you. And with what your body's telling you. But what you need to do. See, we do that because that's where our mind is all the time. We trust in that. What God is telling you is to trust him. When you trust him, you'll devote yourself to listening to what he... You see what the words say? He said, listen to what I tell you. Don't listen to that other stuff. If you listen to me, you'll have life and health. If you listen to what your body's telling you, what the word says, you're not going to have life and health. Well, some people believe it. I don't know. But, you know, you need to start believing this stuff because it is true. God has not planned sickness for his people. He's not planned early death for his people. He's not planned infirmity for his people. He's not planned anything like that for his people. He has planned life and health for you. And it comes through the word. But you're going to have to stop doing some stuff that draws you away from God. And start doing stuff that draws you to God. I don't turn my TV on. You know, I'll turn it on for certain things like my ID network. I must have my... My Sergeant Kenda. <laughs> but there's like a couple people. And you know, the same stuff over and over and over again. It's not even worth the price of that stupid cable they, they you know, bring to you. And you know, the devil works. Like, uh, I was, I, I added a room to my, had one bedroom. In, when we first bought that house and I added a room and and so I was I was in there and I was getting everything wired up and so Tom said you need another TV in here where your bed is I said really <laughs> and he said yeah I got one upstairs so he brings it down hooks all that stuff is hooked up but I do not turn it on folks you understand me it takes a long time to I, until five or six or seven o'clock sometimes I'll look at news I only want to look at that turn that off go look at something else by that time it's time for my prayer partner to call me you understand what I'm saying uh, the less I can submit myself to that the better I like it huh it's bad enough with the stupid Facebook and all that. You get so much information, it's it's retarded. It's ridiculous. And so we just shut it all down. I do. I don't have to. But listen, it, you'd have to go a long way to get me to start craving getting something on to look at. No, it's just there's just so much other stuff that you can get engaged in, especially when you're a believer. There's so much other stuff. Amen. So, so make yourself discipline yourself. God, I'm going to get in the Word more. I'm going to drown, let that stuff drown out. I don't have to. That stuff can be in there as background noise and start feeding your soul with with negative stuff. You know, pretty soon you gotta gotta see this and gotta see that and all this kind of stuff and nonsense. So anyway, uh, Romans twelve two tells us to. Uh, transform you transform yourself through the renewing of your mind you transform yourself by the renewing of your mind and so it says you know it it makes your mind new and new again in other words say you get consumed with problems for a season you're fighting it the best way you can you just Oh man, what am I going to do? You do it over and over and over. The Bible says that when your mind is renewed, you can renew it again after it's been polluted from having been renewed already. 
See, you you were walking around as nice as as peaceful as possible, and then all of a sudden you pick up a fear or you pick up a worry and you start following that. Well, the Bible says that you'll renew it again and get back to where you were before you drifted off into your trouble. And so this process is renewable. The renewing process is totally renewable over and over and over again. So you're never, you're never lost. I mean, you're never in a place where you have to quit or give up when you talk about the word of God. There's always life and hope in God's word. And in, I don't care how much you, you go down the wrong road, that word can bring you back. You can rest in the word and stay faithful in God's word. People do it all the time. You'll see churches start on on fire for God. And then all of a sudden they start drifting off into, uh, you know, uh, man pleasing. You know, well, we don't, you know, when they're small, they preach the truth to get people. And then when they grow, they pollute the truth because they don't want to lose anybody. They start watering it down. Or they want to grow more. And the way to do it is make sure you don't offend people who come in. Amen. My understanding, what I've heard has happened, is there are a couple of very large churches out in California that had crosses on the churches when they first started and took them have since taken them down because they don't want to offend people. See, California is a place to put the cross up. I mean, me, everybody is, but you see how, and these are very popular. If I told you their names, you know exactly who they were. Very popular, very large churches that you know well when you get popular and people know your name and you know you make millions of dollars selling books and so forth you don't want to offend people you like the world then see you you have to be careful with this stuff folks very careful there are people that are very popular on television preaching and won't talk about the baptism in the holy spirit they don't mention it and they feel justified because, well, I just didn't want to turn people off. Well, what about empowering people? You think God gave that to them because he wanted some to have it and some not to? And some to preach it and some not to preach it? And so there are prices to pay for, for you know, the life of faith and increasing your faith. That For, for many of us, it's a life of persecution. You know, that, that kind of goes without saying. I didn't list that as one of the prices, but I'll go ahead and put that in. Because persecution is the price of faith. The Bible says that Noah passed judgment on the world with his faith. Every time you use your faith, there's somebody who doesn't measure up and they get under conviction. Did you know that? Yeah. So that's why I tell Christians, don't get, take everything so personal. You know, get yourself out of this. This world is not about you. But anytime you use your faith, sometimes you tell somebody, I'm going to church and it's a Saturday. You ever notice that reaction? You mean you go on Saturday? You can't, you can't, you can't do can you ever not go? You go all the time. You can't take a day off. You see how subtle the enemy is? So he wants you to fail in what you're doing. I mean, the devil's everywhere, folks. 
Come on now. Let's get real here. A lot of people we like and think they're sweet and nice and everything are there to undermine us. You got to be on guard. And I'm not saying hate anybody, but I'm saying you be wise. Don't internalize everything that they tell you. When they start to question what you do with your time, your your voice, your worship, your money, uh, you let them butt out of your conversation. Amen. You don't have to answer to the devil for anything that you do. So persecution definitely is a price of faith. Romans 12.2, we said in renewing your mind, your mind can be renewed over and over again. Meditation allows newness to be recreated in your soul, even after you failed at something. Even after you slipped off the grid, so to speak. Oh, you go, you see these people, they get a resentment. And I can tell when people, I'm around people, and resentment starts rising up in them they resent having to give they resent having to get on the bus or drive a distance to get to our meetings they resent that you got me it's not a joy it's not a confidence it's not a faith it's not you know you could be joyful just where you're being resentful but people start to resent i don't want to do it i shouldn't have to do it why do i have to do this well they start resenting things because they're not getting what they want from God fast enough well, this is just something that's true Your resentment will cause you to slip away like I always tell people I said I don't care how far down the road you go with God but you've got to have at least one thing that you do consistently in God that you don't violate if you want to stay connected to him you got me there's got to be one thing that you say to come hell or high water, I'm not going to stop this. You got me? One of them is consistent attendance. You know, you keep showing up, God will eventually have mercy on you and slap you out of your stupidity. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sit there long enough, you get convicted, and you say, oh God, how did I get in this mess? Get me out of this mess. I don't want to be resentful. I, I used to love you, God. What's wrong with me? Blah, 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 blah. You get yourself together. The other thing is giving. I've seen people bank their tithe when they didn't go to church. Can't find a good church to go to. I'm visiting. No, you're just angry at the last people. But they never quit putting that. They never touched God's money. God eventually found them a place and they came back to God. You got me? There's some things that you don't let the devil steal that much from you. You got me? There's some things you've got to hold on to. God, this is my contact with you. I'm always going to meet you right here. And I'm not going to let that slip. You got me? you got to be like that. That's a protection for you from the onslaught of the enemy who's trying to get you to separate from God. That's, that's his strategy. It gets you away from <laughs> Not only not using your faith, but gets you away from God in your heart. You know? You start to be upset about everything and you don't want to do certain things anymore. All that kind of stuff. You've got to fight that, you know, because that's, that's how you drift away from him. So meditation will help you. If you have an errant thought that comes in your head and say you shouldn't be doing this, you oughtn't do that. No, just let that go through. Don't meditate on that. Say, nope, I'm not going to do that, God. I'm going to do something else.
Price number three is warfare. You have to war to hold on to the word. Proverbs 4 says don't let it depart because it will. In favor of something else that sounds more fun. <laughs> so you got a war to hold on to the word. You have an internal warfare. It's in your in your heart and in your mind. Second Corinthians ten fifteen tells you that when those kinds of thoughts come to you, you are to do only one thing. And that is cast them down. You're not to consider them. You don't think about them. You don't wonder if that's true or not. But you cast it down immediately. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I remember when we were early in the ministry, there were people in the ministry who want to tell me what somebody said about me. And I told one lady, I said, listen, God told me already that he will tell me everything I need to know. I don't need you to tell me what the devil's saying. I said, don't ever be a messenger of Satan. I said, because you will mess your own life up quicker that way than anything else. I said, and when people are ministers, they have to guard their spirit against pollution. I said, why would I listen to what? I said, the reason God gave me a back is so that it would be behind me at all times. I'm not facing it. I said, so don't come here and tell me anything else. I'm not interested. They kind of were shocked that I didn't want to know gossip. And I'm thinking, you read your Bible? (laughs) So I've held on to that. Over 30 years now, God told me, he said, you need to know something, I'll tell you. And people in this ministry know, they don't come to me and run to me and tell me, so-and-so is mad at me, you got a Bible, what does it say to do when somebody's offended with you? Oh, you haven't read that part yet? Well, get to that, because you need it right now, amen? And so let's grow up here, folks. The Bible tells you how to deal with everything. You don't need to drag everybody into your warfare. So your internal warfare is to cast down imaginations and high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. A high thing would be, um, uh, uh, let me think. Oh yeah, your your disease is incurable. There's no point in you even asking God. You know, it can't be cured. Well, that's a high thing that's trying to get over that scripture that says. Nothing is impossible with God. With God, all things are possible. See, if you've got something that's trying to top a scripture that you know, or the word of God that you can bring into your life, you've got to cast that other thing down. You don't listen to that and cast down God's word. You listen to the word and cast down that thing that tells you the word's not true. They both can't be true. One's true and the other's a lie. So you cast down the lie and you begin to exalt the word of God. How do you do that? God, I thank you that nothing is impossible with you. The doctors have said I have so and so and such and such. But I'm not receiving that. I put that under my feet. 
I put the report of the devil under my feet and I exalt your word. Thank you that by your stripes I am healed. I thank you, Father, that the blood of Jesus has paid for my health, my healing, my sanity, and I refuse that in Jesus' name. Now the devil will come back and say, well, you're in denial. It's a wonderful place to be because I am denying you access to my soul with your evil report. What are you going to do? Think Jesus died on that cross for nothing? How would you like to live with that that understanding? That will put your salvation in jeopardy if you stay on that road. You can't tell him he died in vain. You'll be guilty of his blood. And you have an opportunity to believe him? I don't care how shaky it is. I don't care how little you believe. I start somewhere. Hey? You start somewhere. God healed me reading that Bible and I wasn't even in a church. Thank God I wasn't because there's some crazy churches out there. After I got healed and I started to look for a church, 90% of them were preaching lies. They laugh, and when somebody would say, "Well, uh, yeah, I was I was talking to somebody, and they were saying they believing for a miracle," and they were laughing. They thought a miracle was a joke. So I'm going to go there and get help. I don't think so. I was in a church when I got sick, and the pastor didn't even know the Bible. I asked him once for to send me some scriptures uh, to heal my mind, and he sent me a book. Then it had nothing to do with healing. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's there's nuts out here. Thank God you got your own Bible. You got God. You got your own way to build up your faith. You understand all the keys to do it. You can be successful in it. There's a lot of people that don't have that, folks. A lot of people. They don't have the tools. that You can tell by the way they talk. They're always talking some kind of um, pep talk stuff. You can see there's no faith on it. There's no life on it. Just dead words. They're trying to convince you they know something. You know, get away from people like that, man. Man, so if you if if you must hold on to the word of God, because the devil will wrestle you for it. Amen. He will make a, a pitch for that word that you are attempting to hide in your heart. So you got to keep cast down imaginations and grind them into the, the powder and keep them underfoot. Don't let those things jump up and start talking to you again. Sometimes we spend too much time thinking about us. You know, you wouldn't notice you didn't feel good if you didn't look around for that. Start looking around for health. <laughs> Come here, health. Come here, feel good. Come here, no pain. Come here. <laughs> Rest on me. Settle on me. <laughs> Come here. Amen. You do. You call what you want. Don't call the dog if you want the cat. Huh? Quit giving the devil glory by talking about how bad you feel. Oh, man. Just let that go. Just keep speaking life to your your body life and health to all of your flesh amen so that's internal warfare there's an external warfare which is confronting spiritual forces that oppose you ephesians 6 12 we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities powers rulers names dominions spiritual wickedness 
forces of darkness. All levels of demonic activity will come against you. And symptoms is another one. That's a demonic force. And so we have to realize that we wrestle against all of those. And those are oftentimes external forces that are impinging upon us. That's why it's good to worship God. That's why it's good to praise God. That's why it's good to keep a a spiritual atmosphere around you that is conducive to God working in your life. You keep that atmosphere fresh and alive around you. You can be hurting. You don't have to tell a soul. Huh? You can be experiencing difficulty. You don't have to tell nobody. It's not news. He does it to everybody. You got me? And so we think because it's happening to us, it's a big deal. God's already taken care of your big deal. You got to go find your word. Go get in your word. So you got to wage that warfare and hold on to the word of God. God starts putting it in you and every devil in hell will come and try to tell you you can't listen to that. He will. Just keep it up. Do it. I can always tell when when God is wanting to bless the ministry financially for some reason now. People want to sue me. You got me? Every time he said, I never got sued when my husband was alive. And he was in control of the money. When it fell into my hands, now all of a sudden everybody likes suing me. You got me? And so I have to continually fight that. You got your stuff to fight. I got stuff to fight. And I have to fight that and stand on the word. And God, I know I make mistakes. I don't make all the right decisions all the time. But I thank you. My sins are forgiven. Come to my rescue and don't let these crazy people take. You got me? Just have to fight it. I mean, I don't know what else I can tell y'all to do. It's not going to go away. We're not in heaven yet. There's no devil in heaven, but there's one down here. We gotta fight him until till the end. Amen. There's also no beer in heaven. It's a good old Polish German song, Polish. Song. There will be no beer in heaven. That's why we drink it down here. Well, whatever, I don't know. But anyhow. <laughs> There are many things you won't have to worry about when you get there. Drunks will be another one of them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're going to have to fight the devil to, while you're here, folks. So just accept it. Don't go looking for him because he'll make himself known soon enough, you know. But you do have to fight those things. And God will come to your rescue at every turn. He'll come to your rescue at every turn. So, price number, so that was price number three is warfare to hold on to the word. Got to hold on to it. What we're doing now, many times when your symptoms persist or you don't get your medication isn't decreased or you don't get to discontinue taking it, it's because you're still confronting those forces that are trying to steal the word from you. So, you got you to gotta just keep at it until that word, that word will prevail. I mean, there will come a day when all of that will come to pass and you'll see uh, that word will prevail. So it's worth the warfare. It's worth the fright to confront these spiritual forces that oppose you. All right. Price number four is take up your cross and follow me. Matthew 10.38. Jesus told every disciple that came to him. 
What did I say? It was Matthew 10:38. Mm-hmm. Verse 34, it said, Jesus says, don't suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. Now, the announcement of the angels when Jesus was born, it was peace to men of goodwill. So, in fact, is, 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 in other words, what he was saying, that finally, people who love God and want to do good will have peace. It was not always that way. You got me? So, and, and the reason that is, is because there's come a covenant now where God is at peace with all men who will surrender their weapons of warfare against him and follow his son, receive his son. And so our peace is found in Jesus Christ. And that's, that's what that glad tidings was about. It's not peace on earth to, and, and God's going to make everybody stop fighting all of a sudden. We're still war down here. Anybody doesn't believe it? You look at all the people that roam the streets that are broke and sick and don't have this and don't have that that they need. There's warfare here for the souls of humanity and for the well-being of humanity. And so we have to recognize that God, though, wants us to be a people who can possess the peace of God and it not be disturbed I don't care what's going on on the outside so what he is saying here is that you're going to live in a spiritual realm where you have total peace available to you at all times because you mean good in the earth by accepting the son of God it's not peace for everybody it's trouble and turmoil for people who live outside the covenants of God the absence of conflict doesn't really mean that there's peace. It doesn't mean y'all tired of fighting for a change. And so, you know, you got that, but that's not the peace he's talking about here. So in uh, Matthew 10, I'll go back to that. It says here, it, Jesus says, don't think that I'm coming to bring peace. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I've come to turn the man against his father, daughter against her mother. Well, yeah, because if they don't walk with God, you're going they're your enemy. Don't think for any minute that you can pal up with it. And they can be your own children. But they're the enemies of God and his kingdom. So Jesus said, I'm going to have you prove to me through every relationship that you have that I'm number one. Uh, there's no relationship that you have that you can hold more sacred and if God finds out you're trying to to grab on to something much more than him you'll lose it so might as well submit everything to him be patient don't don't be you know craving this or craving that or I can't live without this or if I just had this my life would be complete don't you do that because it's not true you put everything under the authority of God. You put everybody second, him first. It's, it's a good decision. It says, anyone who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You know what he means by that? It, you compromise on the word to your kids. 
you don't don't tell them what God says about stuff, and you don't share what you know about God and all that kind of stuff, or you you know you're not really that adamant about them serving God. You want them to have a good job. You want them to have good this, good that, and God doesn't come first in your prayers for them. You got to put God first in your desire for them. God, I want them to be saved and serve you. Period. And, you know, the rest will come. You don't have to beg God to prosper your kids. They're already in a covenant of, of wealth. You understand? Well, all they got to do is get them go to work, pretty much. And they're blessed. It says, whoever doesn't take up their cross, that's your cross. That's the thing that kills you to have to do it. Putting your kids second kills you. You got to do it. Putting your spouse second kills you. But you got to do it. So if you don't do that, Jesus said, you're not worthy of me. He said, whosoever finds their life will lose it. But whoever loses their, just give it away. Give it to him. Let it go. Quit strangling whatever it is you're strangling. Trying to hold on to it. You're killing it. (laughs) Uh, Dad, let me go. (laughs) Mom, let me go. Husband, let me go. Wife, let me go. You're killing me. So, he says, whoever receives you, receives me. Make sure that you allow people to see Christ in you. They understand who God is through you. The Bible says, when they receive you, they receive me. So, you're his ambassador. Always put that first. I'm not saying you got to go around and, and, you know, force a conversation. But when that door opens, you you let God speak through you. you know, let Him do some good deeds through you. You know, make yourself obvious as a Christian who loves people. Amen. It's interesting. Once you start really obeying God toward people, you find out who your neighbors are. A lot of times, you think you know who you're living next door to. You start obeying God, and you'll find out who they really are. You know, and you'll see. Gosh, this person has been over here hurting for quite a while, and I never knew it because I assumed not me, they didn't need anything, or I assumed they were okay and all that. And you'll find out. You start obeying God. Ask God to use you to do that. You'll find out who your neighbors really are. Yeah. Uh, so we, that was price number four. Take up your cross and follow me. Number five is holy living. Mark eleven twenty four. The easiest way to holy living is forgiveness. Don't let sin stick on you. Don't nurse wrongdoings. Don't continually talk about failures of you or anybody else. Don't let that be your life's work. Don't be so carnal minded is what I tell people. As many times something will happen. Two people will look at the same situation. and One picks the bad and the other just doesn't pay attention to it amazing and so you can be that person who believes all things believing the best in all situations keep your mind healthy in the fruit of the spirit don't rejoice when you hear about people losing their jobs or 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 um you know that you know that's bad bad stuff because you just don't i mean let's face it people do bad things and they suffer loss but that should not be good news to anybody who calls himself a Christian. You got me? It's just not right. I remember my husband was 
every place of management he was in he would say things like and, he, and then he eventually got to be uh, the manager of, of human resources but every place he he was managing in he would say well I don't want to take that man's job away from him because he made a mistake you got me and he would fight for people to be able to hold on to their he'd go and talk to them find out if there was a problem he could help them work on and and when it was determined that that person wasn't willing to put forth the effort to keep their job it was different but he always gave people the benefit of the doubt going in so it was never a joy to him to have to fire anybody you don't ever want to be the one to discontinue their livelihood cause their children not to be able to eat uh, cause them to be uh, evicted from their property you don't want to be that person now I know some things are unavoidable but there are other ways to handle people who are not conforming you know people need a chance I know I had chances when I was working younger working didn't understand how to keep a job all that stuff uh, I got chance after chance and I wasn't saved then but I, I got other chances when I made mistakes and so it's a good thing to be the kind of person to understand that you don't have to discontinue somebody's livelihood because they make trouble some people are troublemakers but you can't let that get next to you you're a child of God you have ways to forgive people and treat them as though nothing's wrong you know and so sometimes it's more for us to develop the fruit of self-control with people than it is to always want to X them out you know and, and say they don't deserve a chance or they don't have a chance it's the same thing in the church you know many times we look at people and they're kind of rough and and you know like to uh, you know come in with that thing on their face where they never smile they never reach out they don't respond and all that you don't know what whether you can't judge people like that uh, as long as they come they're entitled to receive what everybody else is receiving and so you know it's you know don't take everything personal I think that's what what happens with people sometimes in authority they get personally involved in everything you know sometimes people have problems you have no clue what it is they work them out the best they can some are better at it than others and so we have to always keep in our hearts forgiveness let it go don't nurse it don't try to make it bigger than what it is nursing things creates mountains you don't need more mountains in your life there are going to be enough of them that come to you just as a result of what you're doing for God and so you you let the mountains personal mountains you can easily let those go Mark 11:24 tells us when we stand praying forgive if you have anything against anybody even if they're wrong somehow some knowing somebody's wrong gives us such delight oh it's not me this time it's them you know that's what people think because they're so carnal minded themselves they 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 live in such condemnation they're glad to see somebody else make a mistake besides them amen and so don't be that person that's not who God created you to be he created you to be the person who obeys him and and live forgiving and and watch and see the reward that comes with that some people don't forgive because they've never tried it to see if there's a reward for it 
And I'm telling you, God will reward you for your obedience to forgive. Price number six is servanthood. Amen. Obey the master. Walk in love. John 14. Let me see. John 14. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. All of them. Ones you can't keep, repent. You got me? Just keep going back, saying you're sorry. One day it'll take, and you won't do it anymore. Or you do it less. Whatever. You're working on it. Amen? He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate or another helper to help you and be with you forever the Holy Spirit of truth you get more help from the Holy Spirit through repentance than you get any other way now that's a true thing you get more help from him by acknowledging the blood of Jesus you got me than you get any other way I've had people say things like, "Well, you don't have to, you don't have to confess your sin all the time." I said, "I don't know what world you live in." I said, "But don't tell, take me in that world. And I don't want you running around here telling people in this ministry them lies. You got me? Stop that nonsense. Who in their right mind wouldn't make that a habit throughout life? You do that as a sinner. Sinners apologize all the time." They don't have any backup much for it. They're just trying to smooth over relationships. But people used to call it being polite. (laughs) But now it works power into our lives. I notice that whenever I pray, pray with a prayer partner or whatever, I always ask God, God, thank you for giving our sins. And the Holy Spirit goes, you feel that power descend on you where it wasn't there before. So don't tell me it don't work. I had too much experience with it to know that it works. Nonsense. It was just utter nonsense. Things people come up with, you know, just to have something new to say. And they go around and deceive a lot of people with that foolishness. If you don't think that between getting up in the morning and watching some stupid television, you aren't in some kind of sin, I got news for you. You've turned away from God just by watching something worldly. So come on, let's get with the program here. You know, you need to acknowledge the blood of Jesus is the only reason you can stand in the presence of God. Amen? Always acknowledge the blood. What did, what did God say? When I see the blood, the death angel will pass over you. So we got to show him that blood through acknowledging it. God, I thank you. That the blood has cleansed me from all unrighteousness. I thank you that that's the only reason I can stand in your presence. Not because I don't do things wrong. Are you kidding me? Sin is much more than what you do. It's what you want to (laughs) do. Somebody say something wrong to you and you sit for 30 minutes thinking all the crazy stuff you could do to them. If I wasn't saved, man, so let's cut it out here. We're all cut from the same bolt of cloth. Price number seven is worship. I thought of when I wrote that down as number seven, I said I should have started with that. 
but just put God first in all things. Worship really activates your covenant of faith. It activates your covenant. It's the first obedience God gave Israel. Amen. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. And there's a bunch of them you could put before him. Amen. But he said no other gods. Plural. Because there's so many of them. But the Lord your God is one God. Amen. He will meet all of your needs. Think about the poor people in in India with like the Hindus and those people with 700 gods. And they got to, I mean, they're broke already and they got to make sacrifices to 699 guys. You just did one. Now you got to make some more sacrifices to the rest of them to make sure you get this need met, that need met. Oh, in case you missed that, like Paul said, (laughs) to the unknown God. He said, I see you are very superstitious in this town. He said, you got, you got, uh, I think it was a Greek town. He said, you got statues to Diana and her cousin and her brother and all of it. He said, and then you got one to the unknown God in case you missed somebody. And he said, I got, I got news for you. I know who that unknown God is. Amen. So God will give you wisdom to be able to know how to stay in worship with him. You stay in worship by acknowledging him. I just say, thank you, Jesus. Let's see if the presence of God don't show up. Just acknowledge him in all your ways. You know, you walk across the room, Lord, I thank you. Sometimes I get up stiff and I said, Lord, I thank you that I'm healed. You are my strength. Thank you, Lord. Give me strength. Renew my strength. Renew my youth like the eagles. There's all kinds of times you can worship and praise him and call upon his holy name. And so whenever you find yourself needing more of God, and trust me, we all need him more and more, more than we know. But as much as you do know you need God, just lift up your hand toward heaven. Say, Father, thank you. Thank you for being God. Thank you for being with me and in me. Thank you that you meet every need, Father. Nothing is missing. In my life, everything is intact, nothing missing, nothing broken. I thank you for your peace. It passes human understanding, Lord. I thank you that your peace is settled on me permanently. It's my permanent possession. I honor you, Lord, love you, and lift you up. I exalt you above all gods. You are worthy to be praised. We're worthy to be glorified and magnified. Lord, you are highly exalted above all gods, and I thank you for that. Just time in his presence, folks, acknowledging who he is, understanding that he's worthy to be praised at all times. Let him be your constant companion. You won't have to look for anything else. Trust me, you won't have to look for anything else. God is so good. His mercy endures forever. You can ask him anything because he's a merciful God. That's the first thing he'll respond in and the last thing he'll respond in is in mercy. So Father, we thank you for giving us this day. We are rejoicing yet and we're glad in it because of you. We have no down days, Lord. We have no evil report. We have nothing, Father, to concern us in any way. So we bless you, we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen.
Amen. We serve a great God. Amen. All right. If anybody needs prayer, come on up for prayer. Miss Ingrid, we're going to pray for you and Lisa.